I'm J.P. Tuesday. And I'm Kiki Cannon. As lifelong Disney fans, the work of countless talented Disney creatives have shaped our lives. Now, as the Disney catalog expands, we're taking a journey through film and television to discover if that spark that shaped us as children lives on in adulthood. Does your favorite Disney media still cast that same spell? Join us as we find out. We are Rewatching the Magic. Hi, Kiki. Hi, Tuesday. Daring duck of mystery. Champion of right. Swoops out of the shadows. Darkwing owns the night. Somewhere, some villain schemes. But his numbers up. Three, two, one. Darkwing duck. When there's trouble, you call me Darkwing Darkwing duck. Let's get dangerous. You know what? I have been waiting for this episode. Yeah, this is one uh, that we've wanted to do for a while. And what a time to do it right on the show's 30th anniversary. We're old. Yeah, yeah, we are. We've talked about this, how you did not grow up with the Disney Channel. No. I did grow up with the Disney Channel. So technically, I saw Darkwing Duck before you did, because Darkwing Duck originally aired on the Disney Channel in March, April of 91 as what they called a special preview before eventually coming to the Disney afternoon. So I kind of already knew about these characters, knew a little bit about it before anyone else did. And so when I got said, oh, and here comes Darkwing Duck to the Disney afternoon, I was all super excited. So coming from someone who didn't have that experience watching Darkwing Duck on the Disney Channel first, what was your experience? Uh, it was just the cool new thing that showed up on the Disney afternoon. Um, I don't really remember there being like a lot of hype about it. It was just I was sitting in front of the TV and it was, hey, kids, you like DuckTales, right? Here's another duck thing. Superhero duck. Yeah. Watch Darkwing, it. Yeah, Darkwing, one of the rare superheroes that Disney had under its belt that has nothing to do with Marvel. But it wasn't always meant to be a superhero show. So it was always meant to be a spinoff of DuckTales because DuckTales was, at the time, Disney's most popular show. But it originally started out as a spy cartoon called Double O Duck. And actually had an episode of DuckTales dedicated to trying to spin this character off. It was going to be a spy show. Launchpad was going to be in it. He was going to be this big old bumbling spy. Think of Cars 2, except of Mater, it's Launchpad. But um, they had to change things up because um, Ian Fleming apparently has to trademark on Double O. Yeah, that is definitely uh, a thing that people ran into a lot with trying to do parodies of Bond when uh, people tried to do. I think they ran into that with Star Trek when they did the the Julian Bashir parodies. They wanted to do like a double double O Doctor or something like that, and they ran into the same problem with the Ian Fleming estate. Yeah, uh, you can't can't do double O in anything because they they locked that down tight. 
coincidentally, or not so coincidentally, the same year Darkwing Duck came out, there was actually a James Bond cartoon called James Bond Jr. Bond. James Bond Jr. No one can stop him, but scum always tries. Young Bond cuts through each web of spies. I wonder if the creation of that cartoon had anything to do with the fact that Disney wanted to do a spy cartoon. I kind of vaguely have memories of that, like a fever dream. Yeah, well, James Bond Jr. lasted one season, and it was like, here are all the children and nieces and nephews of every character you've seen in a James Bond movie. And some of the villains, too. And here's his teenage nephew, James Bond Jr. That's what that's what get kids interested. Yeah, I, I, I don't know. Uh, the 90s were a weird time. So they shifted it away from the spy theme. Still wanted to use Launchpad. Still wanted to make it a spinoff of Dark of uh, of Dark of Decktales. So they shifted to something else. Tim Burton's Batman, which came out a few years prior. So superheroes were in again. So why not do their version of Batman? Although this seemed to be more inspired by Scarlet Pimpernel, based on the hat alone. Yeah, the, the fedora look was in again. You know the. That's more Indiana Jones. You know, the the 40s serial kind of mixed in there. I I always liked Darkwing's look. The fedora, the cape, the mask, the purple outfit. Yeah. Well, purple for one thing. Purple is your favorite color. Yeah. Fedoras, capes, purple. Uh, th- all those are my things, so... You know, Dark Darkwing was always a dashing figure. Although I will argue that the success of Darkwing Duck led to Batman the Animated Series. Because that did come out the, the the next year. I I I can see I can see that. I'll I'll give you that. So as I've said, Darkwing Duck originally aired March, April on Disney, on the Disney afternoon. It's big premiere on network television September 6, 1991 this premiered in prime time this was like a prime and you didn't really see that from a kids cartoon yes the simpsons was on at the t- at, at the time but a kids show getting a series premiere in prime time disney must have had a lot of faith in this show Either that or they had a really uh, slim slate that, that season. I mean, you you remember that back in the day that they would always have those specials where they would say, here are all the coming cartoons next Saturday morning, you know? But instead of that, you're doing, here's Darkwing Duck. This is the cartoon we're advertising, and we're going to do a whole hour of Darkwing Duck. Yeah. I really uh, liked that back in the day um, because it would give me a reason to get up on Saturdays Mm -hmm. because I've never been a morning person, even as a little kid. So it would give me a reason to set my alarm clock and get up and actually watch cartoons. So that the next day, which was a Saturday, we got the first one 
uh, single episode of Darkwing Duck, which was uh, That Sinking Feeling. And then we go straight to that Monday on the Disney afternoon with the episode Beauty and the Beat. The weird thing about this, I've only known two other cartoons to pull this off of having brand new episodes on weekdays and Saturday mornings. That would be the real Ghostbusters and Ninja Turtles. I don't know if you remember this, how you could watch brand new episodes of Ninja Turtles every day after school and then another new episode on Saturday morning. I watched Ninja Turtles. I did not watch real Ghostbusters in the in the original run. So, yeah, and I, I just kind of watched whatever was on. So I don't really remember. Uh, the days before streaming. Yeah. So the weirdly is that Disney for a long time considered the Saturday morning cartoons, the Saturday morning episodes, season two of Darkwing Duck, while the episodes that aired Monday through Friday on the Disney afternoon were considered season one. And because of that, the order on Disney Plus is all over the place. Yeah, um, it is a nightmare to figure out on if you're just going by Disney Plus. So once again, wikis are your friends. Uh, the Darkwing Duck wiki is is very good. Darkwingduck.fandom.com. Bless people who keep wikis. You so, yeah. you guys are amazing. And even when the show aired, the show aired episodes out of order anyway. So that it throws another monkey wrench into the order of these episodes because I remember there was a team up episode. With all of the villains and all of the heroic characters that Darkwing had met. And that actually and that episode actually aired before two of the heroes and one of the villains had ever been introduced into the show. Yeah. So it's like even and that was Disney for a while. Like they did not care up until like the early two thousands, about twenty ten, where they just said, you know, just air whatever episode in whatever order, kids won't care. And I was a kid that cared. <laughs> like, who are these characters? And then, like, two weeks later, oh, those are the characters that were in that that team-up episode. Why are they airing this episode now and not before? Yeah, it, it was... It was an annoying time to be a kid that cared. Um, yeah. Because there were some of us that actually did care. Uh, thank you very much. Um, and... Before things like the internet, they just assumed we didn't have brains and that we we weren't talking to each other. But these were hotly debated topics over uh, lunch tables. In the schoolyard and recess in, in, and all that, yeah. Yeah, at the weird kid's table <laughs> to, the, to the side. So there are so many episodes of Darkwing Duck, we didn't know where to start. So we asked our friends, what's your favorite episode of Darkwing Duck? Yeah, and fortunately, we know a lot of Darkwing Duck aficionados. Um, so shout-outs to all of our friends who, who helped us. Um, our, our list is kind of strange, uh, but uh, it, it is kind of culled from the, the favorites of uh, a lot of our really intense uh, Darkwing fandom. 
So if there's a favorite episode of yours that is not covered in this episode or a favorite character that is not covered in this episode, we apologize. Yeah, there are so many of ours that that weren't in here either. Yeah. Trust us. There are 91 episodes of Darkwing Duck. We can always come back. (laughs) So um, I I think that's about all the preamble. Do you want to get into the cast? (laughs) Yeah, we've talked about most of this cast before. Um, we've t- we talked about Jim Cummings a lot uh, because he shows up in everything. But uh, Jim Cummings, of course, is Darkwing Duck himself. Um, so many others. Winnie the Pooh. He was the singing voice of Scar and the Lion King, and he was bonkers. So he was everywhere. He was everywhere in the Disney afternoon. Yeah. Um, and we we talked about Launchpad, of course, when we talked about uh, DuckTales. Mm-hmm. So Terry McGovern there um, is still the original voice uh, there. Uh, we're going to talk about uh, Gizmo Duck uh, will show up in one of these episodes. Um, he was uh, Hamilton Camp uh, in the original. Um, and he crosses over from DuckTales as as well. Um, and I believe we talked about him and ours. Um, Quacker Jack, voiced by Michael Bell, who we've uh, mentioned before, also does Mr. Banana Brain, the sidekick. Uh, Rob Paulson is Steelbeak. Um who else we've got in here? Tim Curry, the legendary Tim Curry is Taurus Bulba. Uh, the legendary Dan Castellaneta as Megavolt. Homer Simpson yeah. himself. Homer Simpson. What what more do you got to say? Uh, speaking of Simpsons, we've got uh, Marsha Wallace appearing as a couple of voices. Um, you can Taurus tell. Bulba's secretary <laughs> and uh, the... Um, the uh, owner, uh, the secretary of the adoption agency that Gosling's at. Yeah. Um, and you know all the kind of usual voices you hear in the background. You know Frank Welker's a couple of the the background voices and and stuff like that. Um, so uh, that the one we haven't really talked about though is um one of the main characters, Goslin herself, who is uh portrayed by Christine Cavanaugh. Uh, those of our generation know. Christine Cavanaugh best uh, for uh, a few things. You either know her as Goslin, you know her as Chucky on Nickelodeon's Rugrats, or you know her as uh, Babe, the talking pig in the the Babe movies. Uh, Those are probably her three big characters that everybody would know. Uh, She was also in Ah, Real Monsters. Uh, She did a couple of voices on Sonic the Hedgehog uh, cartoon there for a while. Um, And uh, if you had the Disney Channel, she was in the early 90s the um, We'll Be Right Back voice in the interstitials for the Disney Channel. Uh, and uh, if you want to, and uh, turns of live action roles, uh, probably her most well known would be uh, Salute Your Shorts, where she played the mail carrier Mona, Ugg's girlfriend. You probably know who I'm talking about if you were a fan of Salute Your Shorts back in the day. 
Yeah, she was uh, a lot more connected to the Nickelodeon end of things uh, than the the Disney. Um, a little bit of Cartoon Network. She was the voice of Dexter. Yeah. Um, but the um, she she had retired um a while back uh, uh about uh, 2001 2003 somewhere in there um and then unfortunately she did pass away in uh 2014 uh so she is uh, unfortunately no longer with us but uh, her work lives on, and uh, an amazing, amazing body of work. Um, Goslin remains one of my favorite characters, um, and we'll see why as as we go through the the episodes. Um, but I absolutely uh, loved her um, in in Darkwing, and I grew up uh, just absolutely adoring Goslin. Um, so, and I, I loved Babe as well. <laughs> so, so uh, you ready to get into these episodes? Yeah, let's uh, let's just kind of take them as we go. Um, we started with uh, Darkly Dawn's The Duck Parts One and Two, which were intended to be the pilot. Uh, they are listed on Disney Plus as episodes twenty nine and thirty, I think. That's kind of where they ended up in the on the Disney afternoon rotation. Because they did air on that September 6th one hour special with a special intro, which is not on Disney Plus, and I'm very angry that's not. Showing Darkwing capturing these street level criminals. But the episode proper starts with him dropping off the criminals at the police station. So this whole his whole two-parter. It's a great introduction to Darkwing and also his reasons for becoming a superhero. Now, no one, most people become superheroes. They do it out of tragedy. They do it out of a moral sense of right and wrong. Uh, Batman became a superhero because of a corrupt police force. Superman became a, a superhero because he had abilities that no one else had. And solid Midwestern values. Yes, but why did Darkwing Duck become a superhero? For fame and glory. You know, I was thinking watching this, uh, because this this whole thing opens with him walking out of the police station expecting to see, like, you know, the 10 Press. o'clock news. Yeah. And I'm thinking, if they ever reboot this series, this plays totally different in the age of social media. Can you imagine that 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 special intro or, or anything that happens in this episode? You're gonna have at least one person with their phone out recording this, and then Darkwing Duck is gonna be a viral star. Well, no, Darkwing would have his own, like he would have a TikTok and an Instagram and a YouTube channel. And what up, Twitter. boys? It's your what up? It's your boy D Dubs coming on the on here on the Thunder Quack, getting to the bad guys. Check out my Insta. Check out my TikTok. We'll be streaming live on Twitch. <laughs> yeah, it's like you know, you know what, you know what DW says. Do it for the gram. You know, it's it's that would be Darkwing, and he would be mad that he doesn't have enough followers, and he, you know. 
Uh, have you seen any of the rebooted DuckTales with Darkwing in it? I did not see those episodes. I am woefully behind. I I know, I know. I'm behind on everything. Life, it's yeah. It sucks being an adult. But it takes away from my TV watching time. <laughs> that, I mean, it, it's not, I mean, that's not his story, but if, I mean, there is that talk of a Darkwing Duck reboot series coming, and that being a cornerstone of his character in that potential series, if they decide to go in that direction, would be amazing. Like, he is a superhero for the attention, for the hits, for the clicks. And, and when he doesn't get it, he gets gets upset over it. That is an amazing way to think about it now. Yeah, and this entire episode hits so differently when you watch it now. Because all throughout this episode, he keeps getting in trouble because he's trying to make sure people get pictures of him with the criminals. Yeah, I mean, even he's... And stuff like that. Yeah, even he says he's tired of dealing with street-level criminals. He wants a big-time criminal to fight so he can get press and attention. You know, the, the show keeps kind of saying, like, he's doing it for the wrong reasons, but at the same time... He never really gets his comeuppance for that. But that's like every episode of Darkwing Duck. That's a corner point of his character is that he wants that fame and glory, as we'll talk about in other episodes that we're going to be discussing. Yeah. um, The thing is, though, I think if... I think if they do a reboot... Because um, they keep talking about it and going back and forth, and I don't know what the current status of it is. Because um, it's one of those things of, you know, I, I think the the pandemic has kind of thrown everything in out of whack again. Yeah. Um, but. I mean, there's a lot of shows that Disney say, were saying that were supposed to come out last year that are just now coming out. Like like the like the up Doug days was supposed to come out last year and here it is now because of uh, the pandemic. Side note, I've seen the first episode of that. What a cute show! With- I mean, it, it it's bittersweet because Ed Asner, but what a cute show! I have and not gotten a chance to watch it yet, but I, I will. <laughs> it, it's it's it's. I've like I said, I've just seen the first episode, and it's uh, it's about Doug versus a squirrel, and uh, my own dog has a squirrel nemesis that lives in our backyard, and it is so adorable. Um, and we were teasing my dog mercilessly watching watching that episode. But yeah, I think if if they do a reboot, they need to lean into that. I, I don't want to say less likable side, but I think they need to... The more selfish side of Darkwing. The more selfish side of Darkwing, and I think he needs to be taught a little more often that that's not the right reason. Mm. You know? Mm. That doing things for the fame and for the, the clicks and for the followers and stuff, I, I think they need to lean into that because that is the modern culture. But I think he needs to constantly be reminded that that's not why you do things. Because I I think that's a good lesson. Especially now, 
especially I mean, you know, not to not to go on a different rant here, but the last year in terms of actual police who, you know, take your pick on the on the side of it. There are definitely we've seen in the last year people who become police officers for the wrong reasons. Oh yeah, no, there's there's one in this in this two-parter um when when uh you know skipping ahead a little bit uh when he goes to rescue Coslin uh from the bad guys um and he's like no Goslin, I will take you to the police. That's where you'll be safe. And then the police are just like shoot at him and then they start shooting at him and I was like, "Oh, so real cops." Okay. That's- but at this point, the cops believe that he's a criminal because he insisted on getting his photograph taken with criminals that were dressed like security guards. So real cops. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I mean, <laughs> I mean, honestly, any way you look at it, you know, the the real world, uh, the real world avatar is there, you know. Yeah. Um. There's there's no way to come out of this looking good, you know. I think that it's, and, and we'll see even in in further episodes down that Darkwing. Yeah, he's a a vigilante in the same way that Batman is a vigilante, but Darkwing seems to have a more tongue-in-cheek idea of the cops are not always Darkwing's friends. I mean, we don't cover it in these episodes, but he is technically a member of uh, of a secret organization of heroes. Shush. Again, we don't get into it in the episodes we're talking about, but he is, for lack of a better term, uh, let's say the it's their version of Shield. So you know, he, he but he still kind of stays alone, an Avenger, but not quite an Avenger, as it were. Yeah, um, there's Shush, and then there's the bad guys Foul. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, keeping with the the bird theme. Mm-hmm. But I I do like this this two parter um, pilot because we get all of the basics of Darkwing. We see that Darkwing's motivation is that he's in it for the fame. We see the corruption in the city, uh, not so much corruption as incompetence. Yeah, because Taurus Bulba in a very kingpin Lex Luthor kind of way is still running his criminal empire from inside prison. In fact, he has his entire jail cell and can transform into his office. And what he, what did he have to do to pull that off? Yeah. He can flip a switch and everything flips into a very comfy office. And then they go like, Oh, warden's coming. And then he can flip a switch and it goes back to like a very sparse jail cell and everything, including all of his minions just kind of disappear into the walls. And then later on, we see that the entire tower, the entire prison block takes off into a, bull-headed spaceship kind of aircraft <laughs> aircraft of some sort um and 
at that point, the warden goes, well, I guess they weren't just making license plates, you know? Yeah. Um, so it's obvious that the police and, you know, justice system in St. Canard aren't doing anything. Um, yeah. they're of, not good at their job. <laughs> Yeah, they're they're not good at their job. And sometimes we see it's corruption, but usually it's just incompetence. Um Darkwing tends to come down on I- incompetence and goofiness on the part of police rather than outright malice or corruption. Again, it's not like Batman where Batman specifically the police force are corrupt and this one, the police force are not the brightest people. <laughs> yeah. Um, and neither is Darkwing, usually, but his heart is in a slightly better place. Um, but, yeah, in, in this one, the plot is is roughly that Taurus Bulba wants this uh, giant levitating gun that was created by Goslin's grandfather... And he gets the gun, but he needs the arming code, and he figures that Goslin's grandfather may have told her before uh, he met with a unfortunate, unfortunate accident. accident. <laughs> yeah. Um, and Goslin is in an orphanage, and she says, he never, he never told me any sort of code, and then immediately sings a lullaby that is obviously the arming code. This, of course, is is how uh, Darkwing ends up uh, adopting Goslin. Uh, I do like that Darkwing ends up running into Launchpad, who has moved from Duckburg for some reason. They're a little they're a little unclear on why, but Launchpad is Darkwing's biggest fan and and giant fanboy, as in keeps newspaper clippings. And also has built the Thunderquack airplane just in case. Yep. Such a big fan that he built a, a life-size plane in the shape of Darkwing's head. <laughs> yeah. And in hopes of becoming his sidekick. Um, so there you go. It pays to be a fanboy. As long as you have some other kind of useful skill. I mean, he he's a pilot. So, you know, you could always... You a superhero could always use a pilot to fly yeah. the plane, you know. It's just it always bothered me that Launchpad doesn't have any kind of identity. Like no one ever puts two and two together that the guy that hangs around with Darkwing Duck is the same guy that hangs around with Drake Mallard. Yeah. And the little girl that always hangs around with Darkwing Duck is Drake Mallard's daughter. Drake is not very good at hiding his secret identity. But then yeah. again, we've, we've already confirmed that uh, everyone in St. Canard aren't the brightest people. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it's a real town full of ignorant people. The fact, um, that the, the fact that Taurus Bobo finds out Darkwing's hiding spot, and he never changes it for the rest of the series. Yeah, that is, that is true. Um, but this... This is a good one because it it basically brings everybody together um, and it shows little things like Darkwing's um, 
morning or evening routine because he's nocturnal. Um, so he eats breakfast before he goes to bed and he trains with this like weird Rube Goldberg course of setting off like uh the eggs and the, the cereal and the, the cereal and the, yeah. Yeah, and then later Goslin does this whole course better than Darkwing and she uses it to defeat some of the bad guys when they break into the secret lair. Rule of three, it works. Yeah, I I I really like it. And I always liked, especially growing up as a little girl, I always liked that there was always, you know, in in like Inspector Gadget and Darkwing and so I always liked that there was the young girl who was Smarter than the hero. <laughs> Smarter than the hero that just kind of wandered around, you know, cleaning up after everything and just kind of exasperatedly doing. I mean, Goslin, it really spoke to me. In other episodes, Goslin does become a hero in her own right, but they only yeah. last for like one episode. And I really wish that they had done more with Goslin be having a hero persona, but I can see why they didn't because putting a child in danger in a kid show even though she's in danger in every episode well why does robin get to be in danger in every episode of and like why do the you the know nephew, the, yeah. the nephews you know huey dewey and louie always get to be in danger in every episode of ducktales and i don't know i think i always wanted goslin to have her own heroic persona and be the official sidekick to Darkwing. And we, we get glimmers of that throughout the series, but nothing that ever really solidified her as a, as a hero. Mostly because uh, Darkwing is a very overprotective father. Yeah, I just think that there's something culturally about the long-suffering feminine character that follows around behind the masculine character cleaning up and you know making snarky comments but otherwise not getting in the way you know Goslin is a definite improvement from OG Webby yeah that is true um I I am I am going to to give that to Goslin by a mile our first we'll image of her is her playing hockey yeah, yeah. and I, I I like that our first thing is that uh, Taurus Bulba sends one of his minions to go get Goslin and he, the minion goes to to the orphanage and uh, Marsha Wallace's character says you mean you know the girl and you still came to see her? And that's our first introduction to Goslin. We haven't even met Goslin yet but we just know that you know, she's already uh, enough of a handful that, but I like that. I like the line that Goslin says that, that her, her grandfather told her, which was that when you're full of spirit, everyone else seems kind of empty. She got spunk. <laughs> yeah. That and was the only line missing from this episode was you got spirit. I hate spirit. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I, I felt for Goslin in that moment. Also in the fact that she goes on and that, you know, first her parents die. Dead parents. 
Yeah. And then then her grandfather dies. And she says that it's not too we bad. We never know what we never know what happened to the parents, but we do know what happened to the grandfather because we know that Taurus Bulba's minions killed him. Yeah. Before they found out about the 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 codes. Yeah. So but she says it's not too bad because she has friends in the orphanage, but every one of her friends keeps on getting adopted except for her. So she has this constant rotation of people she cares about leaving her. Yeah, and- it it's it's a really sad setup, you know? But it it does set her up as a as a resilient kid. Um and it also shows how how kind of smart she is in general because she's always looking out you know they they try to get her into the car the bad guys and she fights them stranger danger yeah and uh darkwing comes along and grabs her and is like don't worry you're safe and she immediately starts fighting her him as well and he's like why are you fighting me and she's like you're another random dude with a mask like how how do i know you i don't know you you're another stranger but it's not until he's protecting her from gunfire that she's like okay you seem to be the least dangerous of all these people also gunfire in a kids cartoon yeah that is something you you wouldn't uh, see as much today not laser fire. I mean, yes, Darkwing has the gas gun, but you know, even for 1991, when you seeing cartoon characters shoot bullets out of guns was a big no-no, and that was this one was really going into it. And and cops as well. Yeah, the cops are firing actual guns. So yeah, it's uh, stuff that uh, you wouldn't expect. So. But but we we do get the we do get the formation of the family unit by the end of this episode. Yeah, uh, we uh, Goslin after the well we say we we get the big final showdown between uh, Taurus and Darkwing as the uh, as uh, the levitation gun is exploding, and it's implied that both of them have been killed in the explosion. Uh, Taurus Bobo does return in later episodes, uh, turn into a cyborg to save his life. But we see Darkwing, I mean, uh, first we see Goslin in the orphanage, sad because she believes Darkwing died. And she, so she's kind of not feeling it. She doesn't want to meet any potential parents that day because, you know, the guy that just saved her life sacrificed himself for her. But the minute he hears Darkwing's voice, she just boots back up and like, oh, he's still alive. And I love that here he is, half of his body covered in bandages. One of the bandages falls over his eyes to make it look like he's wearing a mask. As if we didn't already know this is supposed to be Darkwing. Well, the the thing is, is that I like that she recognizes him from his voice. And she's the only person that ever seems to do that. Yeah, no one ever. Uh, he doesn't. Drake does not do much to disguise his voice as Darkwing, other than talking in a more sterner tone. Like, <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's, I'm, it's I'm slightly not, heightened, but yeah, 
I'm not talking about Darkwing needs to go full Christian Bale Batman with his voice, but yeah, you know. please nobody ever do that again. That was horrible. But I mean, it's it is very much, even though it would come out a year later, very much in the vein of Batman the animated series. How how Kevin Conroy would have a tonal shift in his voice that you could still tell that that's Bruce Wayne and and Batman. But the demeanor is completely different. Similar to what they to what, what Jim Cummings is doing with Drake and Darkwing. But they make it more obvious because it, the audience for Darkwing is a lot younger than the audience for Batman the Animated Series. I just uh, think that um, it's it's really cool that earlier she she tells him that he needs to take off his mask for somebody and she's the first person we see him do that for. Yeah, he doesn't have a at this point and you know in the early points of the episode he's just Darkwing Duck full time. He doesn't have a house, he doesn't have anywhere. He just lives on that bridge. He's Darkwing Duck full time. He doesn't even take his mask off to go to bed. Like he's in his pajamas with his mask on. We don't hear the name Drake Mallard up until the final moment of that episode. And it's because of Goslin that he decides that he's going to have, you know, he's going to just take the mask off and be a regular person. At least until nightfall and then he gets to be Darkwing again. But yeah, the fact that he buys a house, <laughs> you know, a duck with no obvious job buying a house in 1991 was possible. Yeah. wonder what that's like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <sighs> Single parent buying a house, 1991. Yeah, yeah. Uh, would you really call him a single parent, though? I mean, come on. He's got Launchpad. Launchpad's the only one with an actual job, because he's an actual pilot. I I, th- I think they're, they're a two-parent single-income family. Come on. <laughs> but I'm all... But, you know, I just wish that the... They would do more to hide the fact that, you know, like I said before, the same adult that hangs around with Darkwing is the same adult that hangs with Jake Mallard, the same kid that hangs around with Darkwing. Yeah, Launchpad needs a secret identity. That's that's all we're saying. Yeah. And maybe not bring Gosling along. Yeah. Well, she's going to sneak around anyway. Yeah. Um, so, uh... The next one we watched was Twitching Channels, which I know is a weird a weird choice, but I really like this episode. So we actually get one of the mainstay villains in this episode, Megavolt. And I've done the math. Megavolt has been in the most episodes of any of Darkwing's villains. I don't know if that's because the voice actor was just available or they really liked writing for this character. I I really like Megavolt as a as a as a character. And I you know Dan Castellaneta is always fun. So how how do you how do you not do that? Yeah. So um, the main point uh, oh, no, go ahead. Oh. Uh, no, I was just gonna say, uh, but Megavolt is was always one of my favorites. I always loved a Megavolt episode. Maybe that's because maybe that's why he's he's been in so many. Is just that he just is a character that people liked and a character they like writing for. So in this episode, 
so Megavolt's whole thing, for those of you who've never seen Dark Green Duck, <laughs> is that he has the the the, the power to con- not only control electricity, but control electronic appliances. And actually wants to free the oppressed the oppressed appliance from their human captors. He even has an entire audience of appliances in his hideout cheering for him. Uh, yeah, how- and we we also get the um the side uh characters in this one of the next door neighbors. The Muddlefoots. <laughs> the Muddlefoots. Uh, although we don't see the mom in in this uh one. Or the kids. I don't or think. or the kid or the kids actually, but um, we do see Herb. Also voiced by Jim Cummings. Also voiced by Jim Cummings. Uh, I always disliked Herb as a kid. Herb is so annoying. Herb, for lack of a better term, to to simplify this, Herb is the annoying neighbor. But he's also the rich, annoying neighbor. Uh, he has I, to have the latest and greatest of everything. Yeah. And yeah. in in this episode, that means the, the latest and greatest all-in-one remote control that controls every appliance in the house in one remote. Isn't that adorable? Nowadays, it would be your cell phone. Well, nowadays it would be my, um, you know, Jeff Bezos branded uh, wiretap that's sitting over there that I'm trying not to say the name and wake it up. (laughs) But yeah, it was definitely ahead of its time. While the all-in-one remote kind of thing was a thing, even today, back then, it was just controlling your TV, your VCR, and maybe your stereo in 1991. Yeah, but this one controls your popcorn maker and your whatever. Your vacuum. Your vacuum and your... An automatic vacuum. What that's that sounds so amazing. I mean, this this episode predates the Roomba. Yeah, that's that's true. It wasn't a thing back then. But the point of this episode is that Megavolt has invented a device that will allow him to transfer trans yeah, transport himself through electrical currents and go into people's houses and businesses and steal things. And he uses it to travel through television. Yeah, that- and he's, he's using it to um, extort people. You know, if you pay the protection money, he won't... Go into, go your, into house. your house specifically and take stuff. And to the point where, because it's cartoon logic, he's actually in the TV shows. Like, we see him getting interviewed by Oprah. We see him on Jeopardy. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of 90s uh, TV references. There's even a reference to, I mean, okay, I'm not going to say Bill Nye, because this predates Bill Nye. I'm going to say Mr. Wizard. <laughs> Yeah, it's a very Mr. Wizard kind of show. So Darkwing seeing the seeing Megavolt on TV stealing things, uh goes to his hideout and chases after him and they also chase through various television shows including the aforementioned Mr. Wizard parody where an explosion happens and now they're in the real world. Enter Act 2. <laughs> so that's kind of why I wanted to do this episode, because 
it's the episode where Darkwing gets what he wants. Darkwing is now in the real world. He finds out that he is a TV star. He has his own television show. He has toys. He has t-shirts. He has games. He has the fame that he's always wanted. But he can't get home. But more importantly, he is not seeing a single dime of the profits. Yeah. Um, And boy, it is. It is really impressive how much TV people hate TV people, isn't it? Yeah. Every time you see a TV show that deals with a TV production, it is just the worst. The villain of this show is the producer of Darkwing Duck. Yeah. Note uh, that they never mentioned the word Disney in this in this episode. Yeah, they it's it's some guy named Rockwell who has a magic helmet that somehow tunes into the dimension that Darkwing and Megavolt are from. The best I can understand is it was it's like one of those electro you know you put like these two little electrodes on your brain it's supposed to stimulate your brain but they make it a helmet yeah he can he can hear whatever is happening in darkwing's actual life and he just recites it more or less to the writers they punch it up a little bit and turn it into a tv show so darkwing is really having his adventures out there in his dimension this guy is just narrating them and turning it into a tv show in our quote-unquote world i mean for a kid's show that makes sense so the show that we're watching is the show that this man is producing yeah theoretically yeah um i i love the i love the line um where Darkwing runs around screaming about being trapped among hideous beakless mutants. <laughs> I mean, in, in his world, everyone is an animal. So to see a human for the first time, uh, it's very, I mean, this is 1991. Howard the Duck came out a few years back. I really like this conceit of what what is... What does the dog do with the car when he gets it? You know, the dog's been chasing the car for so long. What does he do when he catches it? What does Wally Coyote do when he finally catches the Roadrunner? <laughs> what does Darkwing do when he finally gets the fame he's always wanted? He and wants, Dar- to, he wants Darkwing is miserable because he's normal now. He even says it, you know, without a city to save he's just a normal person yeah he doesn't want just fame and money to sit around he wants the danger and adventure but then afterwards he wants people to applaud him but he wants that adrenaline rush he's an Mm -hmm. adrenaline junkie but then after the danger he wants people to be there to be like yay go darkwing honestly megavolt 
also gets through this depression. He starts trying to attack the city, but he there's no thrill there for him either. Yeah, because they just think it's a publicity stunt. He's he's not a supervillain. He's a TV star. No one is taking him seriously, so there's no threat. There's no one afraid of him. Yeah, it would be like, you know, somebody dressed up like a Marvel superhero standing on top of a building being like, oh, oh I'm going to blow up the city. And everybody's just going like, oh, so Marvel's doing a, a stunt. We just pull out cell phones and start filming. Nobody's going to be scared. This is the advertising for the next MCU film or something. Yeah. Um, And so that's that's immediately what they do. They call up the guy and they're like, hey, are you doing a PR thing we didn't know about? Should we have cameras down there? Um, So he even tries uh, Rockwell, the producer, even tries to turn it into a stage show. And he's so happy because he says, I don't even need to put on this helmet and come up with new scripts. I can just run the same script every night and play it to a new audience. Darkwing, the musical. Yeah, turn off the Darkwing. Yeah, <laughs> I was going to say that. <laughs> the uh, You only have two stars, though, so you can't break them too, too badly. Um. <laughs> The uh, the problem is though is that I I love the petulant Megavolt being like yeah whatever I don't want to I don't want to I don't want to end your city you know like Megavolt becomes like a complete toddler about it like I don't want to do this I don't I don't want to wreck your city I want to wreck my city <laughs> yeah I want to wreck my city um. And so Darkwing and Megavolt have to work to, together to get back to their St. Canard. Uh, they decide that they're going to use the helmets and it's already tuned in to their dimension combined with uh, Megavolt's transist, uh, transporter device and together that might take them back home. I mean, Megavolt does try to backstab him because he is a supervillain, but of course, Darkwing gets the the best of him because he is the hero. And they they make it back. They make it back, but in the process, the helmet gets damaged. And it It, tunes to a different dimension. Rescue Rangers away! (laughs) That's also a good show. We should talk about that sometime. Well, there's a Rescue Rangers movie coming out next year, maybe then. Uh, but I, I like this episode overall because it really shows that Darkwing isn't really in it just for the notoriety. He's in it for the excitement, the adventure, the adrenaline, like you said, the, the adrenaline rush and the fame and the glory and everything else. I mean, he, he wants the, the adulation, but I think that's more... You know, everybody wants the gold star. Everybody wants to know that they're doing a good job. But I'm not sure that the gold star is all anybody wants. I think you're right. You know, like like I said, Darkwing just wants recognition. He just wants to be told that he's a good superhero. But I think that deep down, 
like like we said, he's doing it for ulterior motives, but he does want that pet on the back at the end. Mm-hmm. Can we mention the kids for a second? How the kids are essentially us. Like, they asked Darkwing all of the questions. Like, what does Drake Mallard do for a job? What does, what does, what does, uh, um, what does Launchpad do during the day when he's not out with Darkwing? You know, where's Goslin? You know, stuff like that. Yeah. Like you said, like you said, TV people talking about TV people, but it's also TV people talking about their viewers. And showing that even at the time they were kind of aware that we were out there. And Darkwing kind of does the same thing that the studio people did, which was like, go buy another t-shirt, you know? Yeah. Don't think about it. We never do find out what Drake Mallard's day job is. Yeah. But then again, you might be right. It could be a single income family where... During the day, Launchpad is a pilot, gets paid, and then Darkwing uses the money to buy gadgets for his superhero-ness. I mean, Drake Ballard might be a trust fund kid. Possible. It might literally be a Batman thing. He just can't afford a bigger house. (laughs) Well, no, he might be, like, smarter about it than Bruce Wayne is, you know? Possible. All right, so let's move on to the other episode we want to talk about. This is my favorite episode of Darkwing Duck. Time and Punishment. And the reason this is my favorite episode is because it is a Goslin episode, and it shows how important Goslin is to Darkwing's life. So in this episode, we have two of Darkwing's villains. Another, this is another Megavolt episode. But now we get a we get the appearance of Quackerjack, and the two of them have teamed up to create the Time Top, a giant top that can travel through time. Their plan is to go to the future, get some future technology, come back, destroy Darkwing, and rule Saint Canard. But Goslin tags along; she is not supposed to. That's a running gag in this whole series. She ends up. Uh, Tied, uh, she ends up tying herself to the to the time top, and gets transported to the future with Megavolt and Quackerjack to a dystopian future where Darkwing is now the sole law and order in Saint Canard. He's not even Darkwing Duck anymore. He's Dark Warrior Duck. Pretty much, this is Judge Dredd, for lack of a better term. Or a a, a kiddified, safe version of Judge Dredd. I don't know how safe it is. They they kind of... They gloss over a lot of it. But... This is kind of literally Judge Dredd. Because Darkwing is straight up murdering people in this reality. And they kind of just gloss over it in the dialogue. This but is probably, when you watch it back as an adult and you listen to the dialogue, you're like, oh my god, I totally missed that as a child. Yeah, this is probably one of the most darkest episodes of Darkwing Duck. Because without Goslin there, as we hear through Launchpad, Darkwing goes through this 
depression that he doesn't want to be a hero anymore that he searches for her all over the place and he can't find her he until he finally finds his spark back to becoming a hero again but he goes overboard he he you know people have always asked why doesn't batman just kill the joker why doesn't superman just kill lex luthor darkwing actually does all of the villains that we've seen in the previous episodes, with the exception of the two that went to the future, he kills them off. He gets them all in one place, drops an anvil on them. And you can say, like, well, cartoon logic and what? No, it's it's suggested that he actually murders them. Because when... He realizes that Megavolt and Quackerjack are with Goslin in the future. He's like, oh, there's actual supervillains again. So, no, he's he's murdered them. And they they say things like... Um, he chased them off out of town and stuff like that. Well, no, they say things like um, that Darkwing has been sending people to the chair for minor infractions. You know, jay jaywalking and stuff was sending people to the electric chair, and he's sending people who eat fast food to the electric chair because hey, you can give yourself a heart attack by eating by eating hamburgers. You're going yeah, to jail. It, it's it's really he considers a lifetime of hard labor to be going easy on crime and and stuff like that. Um, we see. That he's gone from the gas gun to actual lethal missiles and stuff. Uh, Goslin tries to get his attention by uh, putting paint on a statue of the Dark Warrior. And instead of coming to arrest her, he just sends a missile. And it's not until the missile almost hits her that he realizes it's Goslin and tries to intercept the missile. So, yeah, he's been straight up murdering people. The fact that he has a camera on his missile so he can see his victims die. That's some effed up S right there. Yeah, um, it's like like we said, it's glossed over so that you can miss it when you were a kid and I definitely did I really did miss some of the the darker implications of this episode when I was a child and of course I didn't see Judge Dredd until I was older this um, is 91 I don't think the Stallone's Judge Dredd would come out for a few years well and the comic was already out yeah so you know it's definitely drawing from the comic but um I I wouldn't, you know, I, I didn't understand kind of that sort of source material, and I didn't understand sort of the also broader a, a kind a of... Little, also a little bit of Dark Knight Returns. Yeah, and it just kind of general fascist nonsense, Yeah, you know, in the, in the background. But, like, it's... It's really 
interesting to see how he goes from overprotective of this one little girl to overprotective of the entire city. Even to the point where he finds out that Megavolt and Quackerjack create a time machine. His reaction is not to, I'm going to send Goslin back so none of this happens. His reaction is, I'm going to steal the time machine and go back in time and rewrite the rule of law to begin with in my own image. He, we even see him in his fantasy, how his punishment for every infraction is death. Yeah, and he wants to go back, like, to the beginning of time like to when the first laws were written yeah to the beginning of evolution itself yeah um but it's interesting and honestly it's it's a really good educational point um that he he gets so extreme that even his sort of mitigating force there of Goslin, when she comes back into his life, he turns on her. Like, that even the thing that he claimed to be doing this for, I'm doing this in the name of Goslin. And when Goslin says, no, I don't want you doing this for me, he says, well, you obviously kid, yeah. you're the enemy now. I knew you were a bad kid the moment I met you. You're a bad egg. Yeah, he calls her a bad egg. Which again, going back to the to those to that first episode, it I mean that that should hurt Goslin more than it does. I think she realizes that this is not her dad. Yeah. Her this is not her Darkwing. Yeah. Um But it also shows how important Goslin is to Darkwing. Like he doesn't have that that anchor, that person that can bring him back. That without Goslin in his life, he will go too far. There's there's a truth there that I think is so important. You know, in in that where it's it's that core of you know this is this is what we're we're doing this for this is what we're doing this for and then it becomes so twisted that you know even even the ideal becomes the enemy yeah um and i i like seeing that portrayed in a kids cartoon his first thing with goblin is to Make him uh, make Goslin more like him, putting her in a similar outfit to his own, trying to teach her his way of doing law now, rather than okay, you're here, we're gonna go back to being a family again. Yeah, and the first thing she says is she can't move because of all this armor he has on her. Yeah, and not protective armor. This is like. Really, this is like the mutants in uh, Dark Knight Returns kind of armor, but it's so heavy she can't move. Yeah, um, and you see her get out of the armor, and the armor stands on its own. I like that Goslin ends up leading the, the prison break. That she ends up 
but taking because Launchpad has been put into prison now because uh, for helping her for helping for, for for helping Goslin, yeah. Yeah. Um and so everyone but Goslin at this point is in prison. Um Darkwing tries to to put her in prison, but she kind of escapes. And she uh ends up running a, a prison break uh for Launchpad and Megavolt and Quacker Jack and uh some of the other people that are in there, including like the teacher that flunked Darkwing in penmanship. Which is the only arrest that Goslin agrees with. <laughs> yeah. Um because kid. <laughs> because kid. Um but uh, she ends up taking uh, Megavolt and Quackerjack back to the moment that they left um, and uh, finding her dad. I like her her reasoning, though. The, 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 the only reason she's taking them back is because they're the only ones who knows how to work the time machine. Yeah. Like, although if she could have figured it out herself, she probably would have left them there. But anyway, they they they're successful in in going back to the moment that they left. And she she finally um you know, it's one of those things where it's like they get back and and Darkwing says, "I thought I told you to stay in the rat catcher." And she says, "Oh yeah, you know, that that seems fair, you know, and it's supposed to be like, well, now that you can see how bad it can be, little girl, you see how fair your father has been, which I don't really like as a moral. I did not like that either. I always I would have liked that ending to be Goslin, you're here. I wouldn't know what to do without you. Oh, I know what you would have done, Dad, and I'm glad I'm here. Yeah, I, I really I really would have liked it to have been more Darkwing kind of learning something rather than I see how bad things could be. Except your bedtime, little girl, because it could be fascism. Like I I don't I don't like that. But like I said that that is my favorite Darkwing Duck episode for that reason. It's just showing how important Goslin is as an anchor to Darkwing, showing how far he can go without that anchor. He even pushes his best friend Launchpad away. He pushes everyone that cared about him away and, for lack of a better term, focuses on the mission. And he goes too far when he focuses on the mission. Yeah. Although, although the same could be said, like, a, a of... Batman's family, you know, the Robins, Nightwing, and all and all of his surrogate children are also his his anchor from going too far. That that is that is true. Um I I also this is one of my favorite episodes as well. Um mostly because it's it's so Goslin focused. Um and Goslin was always my favorite part of Darkwing. So yeah, it's it's one of the reasons why both of us were really wanting to do this one. Uh, let's get into our final episode, which is Tip of the Titans, our crossover here with uh, our, our DuckTales. Uh, because we wanted to talk about Gizmo Duck. I love Gizmo Duck. Oh. Who doesn't love Gizmo Duck? Oh, yeah, this, this is an amazing character. And... Uh, 
sidebar, Lynn Manuel Miranda did a great job as Gizmo Duck in the DuckTales reboot. <laughs> yeah, we just uh, shout out to Lynn Manuel Miranda, who will never hear this, but we who doesn't love Lynn Manuel Miranda? Come on. One day we we would have to do like a, a, an episode just on Gizmo Duck episodes of of Ducktales. Yeah, uh, the 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 new Gizmo Duck because because oh Gizmo Duck, uh, but old Gizmo Duck was also a favorite of mine um, in uh, in any form, and uh, here it was great because Gizmo Duck and Darkwing Duck, not you know they're both such big egos. But there are egos in different ways. Yeah. Gizmo Duck does have that ego. He has that suit. He can give him gives him the ability to do almost anything. But it's a it's a, a freedom almost. Because in 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 Fenton's real life, he's a literal bean counter. He's he's a nerd. He's meek. He's he has his mother order him around. But when he's Gizmo Duck, he's free from all of that. He can do whatever he wants. But he's still a by the book character. This is Superman and Batman. Yeah, it, it is a Superman Batman uh, dynamic in the sense of you know let's get let's get nerdy with it you know gizmo duck is always going to be that lawful good paladin kind of energy and darkwing is more that kind of chaotic good you know he's he's a little more self-serving freewheeling kind of uh seat of the pants kind of energy we see that immediately because Fenton is sent from Duckburg by the army. I mean, he, Gizmo Duck is. When the episode begins, Gizmo Duck is working with the army to protect their new weapon, this egret. Uh, egret. The egret, which is a air, space, and sea transforming vehicle. And Fowl, the Finnish organization for World Larceny, wants to steal it because they're an evil terrorist organization. Especially their their leader, Steelbeak. Played amazingly by the great Rob Paulson. Yeah, Rob, it's Rob Paulson just uh, chews all the scenery in this, and it's so wonderful. I, I love Steelbeak. One of the final holdovers from the old Double O Duck. Because yeah. this is this is Jaws from, from James Bond. Yeah. With an attitude. But uh, basically, yeah, uh, Gizmo Duck stops Fowl from stealing the, 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 the experimental vehicle. And he's also been told by the army to go to St. Canard because they are going to debut the vehicle at the St. Canard air show. It is so cool to see him kind of leaving uh, Duckburg at the beginning. You know, we see the the, the welcome to Duckburg sign. We With see Scrooge, Scrooge McDuck's McDuck. face on it. Yeah, our only, our only mention of Scrooge McDuck in the entire episode. Well, <laughs> we get a kind of uh, reference uh, when Launchpad says that he and Fenton used to work for the same guy. But the name Scrooge McDuck is never said. Yeah, 
the cool thing is is that um we see the the personality clash both in the costumed crime fighting and in their alter egos you would think that Drake Mallard and Fenton Crackshell would be a little closer in personality. Yeah, but Drake just finds Fenton to be annoying. Much like Darkwing finds Gizmo Duck to be annoying. But Launchpad is immediately like, oh, Fenton, come on in. You'll never find a hotel room. Stay with us, you know. Because apparently this air show is like the most popular thing in St. Canard and everyone from all over the country wants to come to St. Canard for this air show. I've been to air shows. I don't know an air show that is that popular. Well, they're birds. Maybe it's a bird thing. Maybe. Darkwing's initial thing seems to be more, it will be hard for us to keep up our secret identities with Fenton in the house. Uh, we we also get our our um our other neighbor character here. Uh, we get Hon- Honker. Yeah, we get Honker, uh, who is uh the best friend character, the the son of the neighbors, played by the amazing Katie Lee. Yeah. Um I loved Honker. Cause he's kinda in on everything. Yeah, he knows that Drake is Darkwing. He knows everything that's going on. I mean yeah. as, as soon as he as soon as they get into the house, he says, Oh, hi Honker, how you doing? Yeah. Um yeah, they're even sitting in the the secret spinny chairs. When Launchpad and and Drake get back. One thing that I had forgotten is that Drake has a statue of Basil of Baker Street as his little... Like, Batman has the the bust of Shakespeare that he presses to open the bat poles. Uh, Drake has a statue of Basil of Baker Street that he hits that turns the chairs around. Yeah, that, that is a thing I had also forgotten. I, I always liked Honker because Honker was, uh, to borrow a phrase from the the Spider-Man movies, he's kind of the dude in the chair. Yeah, I mean, he's a smart kid. He's It's like he's the opposite of Goslin, where Goslin is more uh, outgoing and engaging. Honker is kind of backpedaling. He's, he is your trademark nerd character. But it works in comparison to Goslin. Yeah, and he he does help on a lot of the adventures. Um. So, I I like that he's not always necessarily involved in the adventures, but he does get sucked up in in a lot of them and he is somebody that goslin can talk to and um trust yeah and you confide in with all of her secrets and that he is very very trustworthy 
I mean, yeah, Honker could easily have told everyone Darkwing's secret, but he chooses not to because he doesn't want to hurt Goslin. That's his best friend. Yeah. He really is a ride or die kind of little kid. I really, I really admire Honker. He was always my second favorite character. <laughs> the kid characters. Yeah, I really, I really liked the kid characters. A lot of times, the kid characters annoyed me, but Darkwing really nailed them. Uh, bravo. Also, to go back to what you were saying about, um, about how drake and fenton kind of don't get along as soon as uh launchpad tells uh fenton that he can crash at their place he's instantly wearing uh drake's robes and in sitting in his chair and like he 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 he, t- he takes the phrase make yourself at home a little too literally yeah i don't know what's up with that that is the only point where he feels out of character from the version yeah. we saw in DuckTales. Fenton seems to have better social manners than that. So I don't know exactly what was up with that. Um, the The other thing that they play off of is um, they set up before Fenton gets to town, you know, as Gizmo Duck gets his orders... Um, he says, let's see if this Darkwing is a hero or a villain, because I've heard both, or, or whatever. Yeah, he's... So they're still playing on the the thought that Darkwing might be on the wrong side of the law. And Steelbeak plays into this. And yeah, Ste- Steelbeak has a great uh, plan in this episode. He dresses up one of his henchmen as Darkwing with a bomb and and to try to frame Darkwing for this crime. You know, if only there was a, a character that was an evil duplicate of Darkwing Duck we could have used in this episode. Sorry, Nega Duck fans, we're not talking about him this week. Yeah. Great character, though. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, uh... And Darkwing shows up and immediately tries to foil it because, hey, they're they're trying to besmirch my name. And uh, Steelbeak lays him out, leaves him there with the bomb. Gizmo Duck, of course, shows up, finds Darkwing holding the bomb, takes things the wrong way. Uh, hijinks ensue, you know. They are able to defuse, uh, make sure the bomb doesn't hurt anybody. But it's Gizmo Duck that gets the credit for saving the day, not Darkwing. Again, and boy, some- does that chap Darkwing's feathers. Have we mentioned that uh, Darkwing wants uh, recognition for his efforts yet? <laughs> yeah. Um, and this this spills over back at home with Fenton and Drake. Uh fighting over whether or not Darkwing or Gizmo Duck deserves the credit. I mean, anyone else in that situation would think like, you know, Drake, you're really into Darkwing Duck. Is there something going on that I need to know about? <laughs> hey, Fenton, you're really into Gizmo Duck. Is there something you need to tell me? <laughs> yeah. 
Um, bravo to to Launchpad for kind of keeping mom on on everything. I don't think Launchpad ever knew that Fenton was Gizmo Duck. Really? I, I thought he th- did. I don't. I know the kids do. And yeah, I know maybe Scrooge Launchpad knows. doesn't. I don't know. I don't know. I know Scrooge knows. And I think the kids kind of find out, but I don't think Launchpad ever found out. Huh. Maybe not. Um, but yeah, uh, they meet again as their, their superhero selves, uh, in the hangar trying to foil Steelbeak and, uh, Gizmo Duck gets the, the wrong end of the, the stick there as he thinks Darkwing is trying to steal the egret, uh, and Darkwing's trying to say, no, Steelbeak's trying to, to steal it, and uh, it all goes wrong. And they end up getting caught in a yoke bomb, which was kind of my favorite gag of the whole Because it's shaped like a bird, and it lays a bomb shaped like an egg. Don't you get it? <laughs> and then it, it sprays out this sticky stuff that's supposed to be yolk. And they get stuck in it, and yeah, it, it it's a good visual gag. Which, but it just forces Darkwing and Gizmo Duck to work together. Like Gizmo Duck's suit is so heavy, he can't reach the buttons through the yoke, but Darkwing can, and they're yeah. able to 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 get out of the jam because they had to work together. But it pops Gizmo Duck's tire, and then Gizmo Duck ruins the rat catcher because he's too heavy for the motorcycle sidecar. But they use one of the tires to repair Gizmo Duck, and then there's some know. really bad animation. I don't know what happened to this. Yeah, I, it looks to me like part of the animation has been lost over the years. Because this looks like footage that was filmed off of a camera of the episode this one and it's only this one scene yeah there is one one scene when they're trying to repair gizmo duck's wheel and it's on disney plus and so this must be like original master footage got lost that's the only thing i can think of yeah um because it's the uh, the footage is read a weird speed. The lip flats do not match the dialogue, but it's only for like five it seconds. It changes aspect ratio. Yeah, it's a very very bizarre. So something must have happened to the master. Um, yeah. but and it's it's really the only this one episode that we came across. I I, I don't know if it's in other episodes on Disney Plus, but it was perfect. So I'm thinking that the original audio survived. It's just that the original footage was somehow lost. Yeah. Yeah, if you watch it on Disney+, Plus, there is a an animation, you know, mess up here. Um, so do know that. But, uh, but yeah, they have to work together to kind of use both of their equipment to repair Gizmo Duck. Um, to go chase after Steelbeak and get the egret. Um... And it it forms kind of a begrudging partnership, but 
it it doesn't make them friends. And I do like that at the end of things, they're not really friends. And I do like that it doesn't it doesn't transfer over to Fenton and Drake. Yeah, I mean, at the end of the episode, Gizmo Duck realizes that Darkwing is in fact a hero and that he can be trusted. I mean, they will have another team up episode later in the series. But as you said, this doesn't transfer to their secret identities because they don't know each other's secret identities, which I'm very glad that they did not do in this episode. Because yeah. that is such a cliche for the heroes to find out their secret identities. But uh, as you would expect, uh, Dar- uh, Drake is saying that Darkwing deserves the credit because it's his town. He was the one that knew about it. And Fenton says that Gizmo Duck should have the credit is the better superhero because of all his cool gadgets. But yeah, I mean, it's, it's like I said, the, the episode ends with them arguing of which one of which one of them is the better superhero. Is Darkwing Duck the better superhero or is Gizmo Duck the better superhero? And I do like that. It shows that, you know, like like you said, they don't end the episode as friends, which is such a cliche. But they don't find, you know, there's uh, the the secret identities are still championing their heroic alter egos even at the end. Yeah, and even though the the heroes have agreed that they can work together, you know, we're not enemies. I realize that you're on the right side of the law or whatever. Um, they're not buddies, you know. It's not like, hey, let's go out for cookies and milk later or whatever. <laughs> whatever ducks drink. Yeah, whatever whatever ducks are, are doing. Bread and water. Breadcrumbs and lake water. <laughs> I, I don't know. The fact that that actually gets referenced uh, in one of the earlier episodes, they did have to laugh at it. Because when they're in the real world, the producer says, oh, we can get you a nice pond to live in. Oh, yeah, why don't I just live in the park like a regular duck? <laughs> But for this episode, for being the first real crossover between the two shows, I actually really liked it. Yeah, it was just enough crossover without being like, hey, kids, remember that other show you liked? Like, they could have gone a little bit. I mean, they could have gone really into it and have it be like, here's Scrooge McDuck going to St. Canard. Oh, here's Magicka Dispel, and here's the Beagle Boys and Flintheart. No, they went just with Gizmo Duck. And Fowl as the as an organization was already shown in DuckTales. So that's enough of a crossover that even if you've never seen DuckTales, you can get everything that you need to know about about Gizmo Duck in this one episode. Yeah, I I loved this um so much uh, this was one of the ones that i championed because i really 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 wanted to talk about gizmo duck uh because i i i love gizmo duck so much um gizmo duck was always one of my favorite parts of ducktales um so i i wanted to revisit how he played in in darkwing uh, and I like the way he fits into the world. 
and I love the kind of Superman Batman feel they've got going on. Yeah. It's a good dynamic between the very strict do-gooder as in as in the kind of by the book. Yeah. Um, you know, it's, working it, with the military wants to follow the the playbook good, and good, dark good cop, bad cop kind of relationship. Yeah, and Darkwing being more on the streets, I know these villains, I'm willing to take more risks kind of mm-hmm. thing. Yeah, because while we've seen Fowl in in DuckTales, Steelbeak never really appeared until uh, Darkwing. So so uh, Darkwing would have more experience dealing directly with Steelbeak. Yeah, uh, this is his home turf. Yeah. Uh, I I like it. Uh, it's a good good crossover uh, to introduce these two characters working together. And uh, yeah, you know there will be a couple of more episodes that feature Gizmo Duck and Darkwing teaming up with other heroic characters, and maybe we'll get to that at a later date. If uh, our dear listeners, if you want us to uh, talk more Darkwing and other episodes and other crossover episodes, uh, let us know. Yeah, this this was such a fun revisit, um, and you know. Let's can we can we talk about the theme song just for a second? Because this this is another banger. Man, I miss theme songs. Yeah, I I miss theme songs so much. Let's go back to theme songs. I said it when we did Ducktales, but we we need to go back to theme songs. A lot of shows right now don't have one. It's just either there's a scene when you see credits over it, or it's just a bit of music and a title, and that's it. <laughs> yeah, and they did it so they could sell more advertising and stuff, but, like, it's t- theme songs! Come on! If this reboot does happen, I really hope they keep the theme song. When there's trouble, you call DW. That's one of the best rhyme schemes. Come on. Yeah. That... Yeah. And that... that, that... Whatever they did to Jim Cummings' voice for the theme song when he says, let's get dangerous. Let's get dangerous. Yeah, that's a good, that's a good effect. That's a, yeah, what, whatever, whatever that they did. I don't know if that's totally him or a vocal processing or what, what's going on there, but so good. I got my little, my little Darkwing Duck pop figure and yeah, it's, I, I, I loves me some Darkwing Duck. Yeah, I mean, I always felt bad that we've never got like a Darkwing Duck movie or something. Yeah, I'm not sure that I really want to see this get like a CG treatment or whatever. No, I'm thinking like we had DuckTales the movie and we had Goofy movie. Why didn't we get, I mean. Oh, I, like I, a 2D like back in the day? Yeah. yeah I don't know. I get why. I mean, at the time, uh, we've kind of talked about it. DuckTales, the movie, didn't do so well in the theaters. So maybe that's probably why. But also, that wasn't a very good movie. I mean, we we watched that, and it wasn't a very good movie. 
I mean, I would have loved to see how they what they would have done as a Darkwing Duck movie. Would it have been with the classic villains? Would it have been with a new villain? You know, what could they do with a little bit of a higher budget and the freedom of being a theatrically released movie rather than being a made-for-TV cartoon? I would, I would love to see what some of the ascended fans working in the industry now could do with it honestly i mean we've seen what they could do with it i mean you have you haven't seen it i've seen a little bit of it in the in the the reboot i would love to see what this new show is going to be like i kind of hope it's not cg but i would love to see what they're doing with with if this reboot show ever happens yeah I think there's so much you can do with Darkwing now that could really resonate with kids today. Like you said, have Darkwing be a vlogger, a streamer, a guy who became a superhero for the clicks, for the gram. And then learning how shallow that is. I mean, not not to say that that's all bad necessarily in that you can't do that it's it's okay to have those outputs um maybe goslin has that output on the side or whatever but if i were doing the show i would have darkwing more or less how we described him he's doing it for fame and glory but have the similar to robin have goslin be that fan of Darkwing that, uh, you know, the the Jason Todd origin, where he f- ends up trying to follow him and become becomes his sidekick out of just being a fan. Jason Todd or uh, Tim Drake kind of origin. Yeah, that, would, like that. that would be kind of cool. And and teach, teach Darkwing that there's a, a deeper purpose. Yeah. To, to what he's doing. Especially when you have the fact that uh, keep the idea of the dead grandfather, but hey, my grandpa was inventing scientific research to help the world. What are you doing? Yeah, are you just doing it for clicks or the, is there something more to it? Because there's, there's something good about the the global reach of the media now and the fact that it's accessible to everybody. Yeah. But it has to be I'm not saying it always has to be deeper. Sometimes it's just good to to be there and connected. But especially with something like crime fighting. Mm-hmm. You know. Ha- you know, have it have it have a a bigger meaning. And I think Goslin is the way into that. So, um, you ready to ask the question? Oh, yeah. Does Darkwing Duck have the magic? Oh, quack yeah. I'm, su- I'm going to agree. Darkwing Duck still has the magic. I'm surprised at how well these episodes have held up. I was so worried, especially after our DuckTales. Where, like, parts of it didn't really hold up the way I, I had hoped. Mm. You know? 
that we found some parts of that to be very disappointing. I was so glad that like pretty much all of this, some of it comes across as really 90s. Yeah. Some of it is a little dated. Uh, you know, if if you've got like a younger kid or whatever, they're they're not going to get some of the jokes because some of the references are very dated. But as far as just like the concept and the execution, I really do think it holds up. Agreed. Yeah, I mean, yeah, some of the jokes are very 90s, but the overall presentation of the show, I think still works. And especially when, you know, uh, as I mentioned, Gosling is a definite step up from OG Webby. Yeah, I was so glad that Goslin as a character held up because I was like, oh, please don't let me get back and then just be devastated by Goslin. But no, she's she's awesome. So let's move on to next week. And uh, we are going to be celebrating Talk Like a Pirate Day. Yarr. With uh, Pirates of the Caribbean Dead Man's Chest. We talked about the first film last year time to deal uh, time to dive into the second film i'm excited how uh, what about you i i am gonna be very interested to go back to this series uh we enjoyed the first one so much i know that uh people say there are diminishing returns i am going to be interested to see uh if it's immediately diminishing returns, hmm. I, I I don't know. We'll we'll see. I'm I'm excited. Uh, yeah, me too. So, uh, yeah, uh, come back next week for Pirates of the Caribbean: Dead Man's Chest, and we will talk to you all then. Bye. Bye. Don't let the magic stop here. Join our conversation online on Facebook at Rewatching the Magic. Twitter at Rewatch the Magic. And of course, new episodes every week at rewatchingthemagic.podbean.com. Remember, the magic is for everyone. It only stops if you let it. <laughs>